This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to episode 26 of It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. I'm Alexandra Wyman. And I'm Anna Gazzetti. And we are the Russian sisters. Woot. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Absolutely. I need to apologize for my tardiness to get this episode started. Oh. Um, yeah, I got hung up. So sometimes we record this after church on mm. a Sunday. Uh-huh. And sometimes I'm cleaning, you know, just pitching in and helping out cleaning. Sure. And today I, you guys, is very special. Mm. I got to clean up um, someone or someone's child's poop. Oh, is yeah. it my child's poop? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Or rather, I should say plunge it. Yeah. Oh. Welcome back, Russian sisters. It it's five o'clock somewhere. I doubt poop, it. But no, no, no. I doubt it. It was someone who had eaten grass. So. <laughs> well, again, that could be my child. <laughs> to get graphic. But, um, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes these are the things that you do. You pitch in. Mm, and like, these things bathroom this? <laughs> have to get taken care of at every- the church. And yeah. we all just pitch in and plunge when things get blocked up. Yeah. So Maybe sorry we just for my need tardiness. To teach our children to come find an adult. Teach our children well. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Well, sometimes kids, I think they're like, oh, well, that happened. And then they move on and forget about it completely. I think. Oh. Like, well, my kids was definitely flushed. So. Yeah. No. This oh. wasn't. That. No, okay. you're good. It wasn't your child. Hmm. I mean, I don't know that it wasn't no, your child, it wasn't but it was probably. I, was like, I, I guess know. it wasn't your child. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. moving on. I know. The parent that was there as I was like, well, I got to find a plunger. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I know. I know. But this is what we do. This is what we do when well, we have a community. I kind of feel like the space. parent should be. But know, right. They wouldn't have known because they're like most of them had gone already. Yeah. And so they just wouldn't have known that. And who knows? Quite honestly, this is even getting grosser. Who knows how long it was there? You know what I mean? Okay. So. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, just for the record, I had no idea this was how this was starting. I know, surprise. That's why I was a little late getting here. Mm, okay. So, well, we're here. Um today, we are we are here. Mm-hmm. We are present and yes. rolling today. Yes. Um we are toasting because it was Steve Martin's birthday mm. um on the Rock 14th, I believe. Um yes, comedians and comedians. Ah, okay. Comic people everywhere. So sure. cheers to you. Thanks for making our our lives a little brighter, happier. Yeah. Let's go toastier. to comedy works. <gasps> I like comedy works. Yeah, just don't sit in the front wo- row. Front row. Don't don't sit in the front. So that row. you become a target of whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. called heckling. Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. People like to can heckle. be downright mean. I mean, it's just yeah, they can. Yeah. All for a laugh. Um, but anyway, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Speaking of laugh, I had a week of what happened. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to hear about it? Well, sure. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so it's back to schoolish time and mm-hmm. I was like, I need to go get a pedicure. 
And so I actually went with you. Surprising. Oh, okay. We went yeah. for a pedicure. I have no idea where this is going. And but yes, we did um, go. I picked out my really pretty purple nail polish that I wanted to put on my toesies. Mm-hmm. And I very promptly um, knocked that bottle of nail polish on the floor and it uh, shattered, you guys. It did like shatter. it. It didn't bounce. It didn't roll. Like I've I was really hoping it would. I had never seen it happen before. How many times have we dropped bottles of nail polish? No, it like well, went boom, and then nail polish went everywhere. It was like all over the tile floor, onto mm. my flip flops, everything. And I was like, oh my gosh! So that was so that was like what number one? Yes. And then two days later, I'm making my dinner and I had a box of couscous and it wasn't the pearled couscous, mm. which is a little thicker. Right. No, it's teeny tiny couscous. And I knocked the box over. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> open. Open box of Do you ever wonder couscous. what happens if you pull your oven? Like if you pull oh, your stove out, yeah. what all is in there? You know, when you do that, I mean, I need when to you change do that. up your flooring. I, That's when right. people do that. That's I need to do that, but I'm a little scared of what I'm going to find. Yeah. It gets a little gross. You just have to be prepared in like your hazmat suit. For whatever you're going to find. That's true. Yeah. Um, so then, right, like I, I knocked over this box of couscous. Now, it didn't all go spilling everywhere, but a pretty decent amount so that every time I walked barefoot in the kitchen, I was like, dag nabbit. Yeah. So then the next day, I was um, buying groceries for um, stuff that I was making. What was I making this for? Well, now I can't even remember what I was um, buying. Oh, I was making dinner for our book club uh, and okay. I was buying um, salad dressing to marinate the chicken in. Mm-hmm. And while I was picking out my salad dressing, I knocked over a bottle, glass bottle of salad dressing <laughs> off the shelf and tried to catch it with my sneaker, like to give it a little softy soft bounce <laughs> onto the floor. Well, and it did. It bounced off my foot awesomely and then promptly onto the floor where it shattered and <laughs> ranch went everywhere. Like it's not oh. even the salad dressing that I wanted to marinate my chicken in. Um, but yeah, then the salad dressing went everywhere, including all over my new sneakers. Oh boy. <laughs> so the entire ride home, Did I you smelled squeak like... when you went through the store? <laughs> it was really embarrassing. I had to go find someone and be like, oh, I dropped a bottle. Like mm. these three events that happened in this week... Um, it was just nutty that they were all yeah. happening at the same time. And I was like, all right, universe, I, I, I hear you, I guess. Like, I don't even know. I'm attracting the dropsies right yeah. now. It's pretty awful. And then I smelled like salad dressing all the way home. But I, oh. I cleaned my shoes. At least and that's better like now. not the worst smell you could have. Ter- yeah, not the most terrible. Like the whole right here today, I thought I smelled like poop. That was worse. Right. Oh. So once you, you know, clean up someone's poop, then you think you smell like poop. But no, it was salad dressing. Hmm. And that same week, this that the, these things are all happening, right? In this same, very same week when it rains, it pours, you guys. My AC decided to go kaput. Ugh. Right? We've had some interesting weather. Which, yeah, when you're in August and it's very hot and it's dusty outside, right? Yeah. Like all the fires and the smoke. So yeah. I can't have my windows open to have like any kind of cross breeze because it's right. been so smoky because of all the fires. Um, I also had no air conditioning. My cats were not happy. They were rather grumpy. It just gets exhausting when you have that kind of heat. Yeah. Yeah. I was grumpy. I noticed how grumpy I was getting because I would just like not want to move in my house and then at nighttime can't open up the windows because of the smoke and I had no air conditioning. And so it was just, it was kind of miserable, but we got it all fixed. And right. I think the moral of the story, the moral to the story (laughs) is, um, it all worked out. Like I was able to clean up my messes, able to get my toes done. Ate some couscous, <laughs> had some delicious marinated and chicken, AC is fixed. and my AC is fixed. That's fantastic. So that kicked off my week. How how yeah. are you? 
You know, I'm doing okay. Um, I was so gung ho about my patio being fixed, and um, it isn't. Oh no! And it's worse. Oh no! And now these people are not responding to me, so I'm just, you know, trying to surrender and uh, do what a friend mentioned, and she said, put everything in writing and just consistently reach out through writing. Don't don't necessarily pay them for a job they they didn't do. And see what will happen. So I'm just kind of letting that go. But, you know, on good note, um, Buddy started daycare and he's doing really Yay. well. Um, he had quite a lot going on. So for the parents out there who know this, and of course, no one remembers this stuff after their kid is in this stage. But when you're in the, the middle of it, it's it's like, what do I do kind of thing? So um, lots of changes coming up. So we're coming up on the year since Sean died. So there's like a lot of emotional yes. stuff going with that. We had a death in the family. We did. And so we had to deal with that. And so I had to leave and go out of town really fast and, and that. So that was like on my end and going back to work. And then for him, it was two-year molars coming in. He figured out how to climb in and out of his crib. He so did. his crib had to come down. Um, and then he's been potty training and he's starting daycare. So it was just a lot like the whole bed situation. I was hoping we would make it till like November, October, November. Nope. No. So August is when that <laughs> happened. Two year molars. I was like, hopefully these suckers were popped through, but only two of them have. So he, who knows how long that will be. Um, and then, yeah, with day, I was like, can we just do one thing at a time? So um, but he's been a champ through it all. It's just been a lot of transition. And I'm just, my main thing is just trying to get my bearings and get my footing right now with this transition. So overall, lot. we're doing really well. I have to kind of get our yard ready for, I know, like first world problems. I'm like, I have to get my yard ready to be reseated and <laughs> my patio isn't perfect. So I can't get my furniture. <laughs> Um, well, so your yeah. grill is still in a box in your garage. So it is. It would be nice to get that up. It would be. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Right. And at this point, right, you're like, do do you, I don't want to say suck it up. Like, do you just accept that this is the state that your patio is in and then get the furniture, put your grill together and then like not pause anymore on, on those things so you can actually use it? Or do you wait and to see what the experts are saying needs to be done. Like, like, yeah, so there are some spots that are like, ugh. Yeah. So what can you do as a consumer, I guess? Well, what I'm hearing, and if any of you guys out there have different opinions or know of anything different. So this is what I'm being told. Right now, because of COVID, everyone um, is everyone's doing home projects. What that means, like, I can't even get someone out to, like, part of my yard is dying. My grass is dying because mm. I can't get someone to come out and help me move my sprinkler heads. Oh, no. Um, and move the lines. Like, I've had someone twice say he's going to show up at my house and not show up. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, Yikes. Oh, sorry, Rickerford. We're playing, <laughs> we're playing footsies over here. Um, <laughs> but... Um, so what I'm hearing is that because all of these like patio people, painters, um, yards, like 
landscapers, all of all of these industry people mm-hmm. are so insanely busy that mm. they do not care about customer service. Oh, so basically, that's what people are saying. Yeah. So basically, what it is, it because right, they're reaping in the money, right. even though I'm right now not paying anybody because I'm like, you you've got this issue, but they don't care necessarily about making my money because they have other business because they have so mm. much other business that they don't like necessarily need to be on top of it and also um, messaging that i'm getting is if technically someone has finished the job even if it's not the job they said they would do then they don't care to come back and fix any of the issues they claimed that they would fix because they technically did their job and they can move on to the next job they can put a mechanics lien on my house because I haven't paid them. They can take me to court because I haven't paid them, even though I'm standing here going, you told me that you could fix this and you couldn't. And they're going, we don't care. You asked for seal. You got seal. Period. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't do what we said we would That's do, but so we don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a little frustrating. And obviously, like, it hasn't worked with me going back to people and trying to say, like, hey, integrity you said you would do this and you weren't so i'm i'm deciding right now and through some of my meditation practice i'm choosing to try and just be quiet Mm -hmm. and surrender a little bit and it needs to be fixed and whatever comes my way i'll figure out how to handle it but the you know as far as the question of putting furniture out Part of me is nervous to do that because these guys will look for any reason to blame someone else. Yeah. So like the painter is the one who ruined the patio, but he's claiming it's the first patio guy. The patio guy, first patio guy is like, well, I poured the patio. I did what you asked. So I'm out. Mm -hmm. The painter is like, I painted your house. So I'm out. And then I've got this second patio guy who's like, well, we sealed your patio. And even though it's ruined, we're out. And so... What I don't want to do is to give any other reason for someone to be like, oh, that's because of you. Right. Right. Like, clearly this didn't start with me, but that's why I get nervous to do anything with the patio right now, because these guys will look for any reason to claim that it's my fault. And so then I have to pay more money to fix it. Right. When you've already gone through so much time and energy. I could have a beautiful tracks deck. I think I said this in our last podcast, but I could have a beautiful tracks deck right now for the amount that they want me to spend in order to fix what the painter did. This is insane. So, but this is how it, this is literally apparently how it goes right now. And so and everything is set up to protect them. So I'm pretty much SOL right now. So I've just decided I need to just table it. I'm not paying these guys right now and table it and yeah. take it when it comes. So, yeah. I like what you have to say, though, about sitting in the quiet. And and um, I'm adding the word patient. Like, I am in a situation right now where I want something to happen so bad and I want it to happen right now. Um, but I'm having to slow my role and just be patient and then, and firm in the idea that it'll get taken care of. And, and, you know, if all goes well, it'll go the way that I would like it to, but I also have to be okay if it doesn't. Sure. But for the most part, like this, this project, I would really like for it to happen, but I've also had to like halt the brakes a little bit, halt the brakes, step on the brakes, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, halt me. I don't. I don't know when. You know, what idiom has halt in it? I don't. I think just I need even to know. halt a little bit. 
and we'll and start our own music. idiom. <laughs> yeah, just halt yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. Halt you, yourself. Sorry, I keep I keep knocking Rickerford's knee. Not Hulk yourself because I also want to be like Hulk smash. Like let's do this thing. Um, but uh, I know that when I like try to plow through and you know get get persistent and not necessarily pushy then people don't like that very much and so then the opposite happens and i ended up i end up like offending people or they then they then don't want to be on this ship and in the direction i'm going in so Mm. there is something to that like calm peace patience um yeah and then you know listen to the small voices and i think sometimes you have to just let a situation work itself out well now see there's the idiom what do you you let it roll that not roll out but the situation has roll to out. no yeah see i'm not even going to try today because i'm having problems with word finding but you just kind of have to let it all unfold there you go yeah and and kind of step back mm-hmm. and then similarly i have a situation like that where i'm just like mm, we're just gonna let it unfold see ha i like that uh-huh. much better um and then see where it goes and and then kind of go from there Cause I'm like you, I'm like, well, shoot, it's the Aries. Let's get it done. If we're going to get it done, get it done. Right. But I know cool. it's like, I've been lying in the grass in the field for so long. This Taurus has, I'm like, all right, gotta let's move get to up. a different pasture. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready and- <laughs> to move to another meadow. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting woke to this situation who's, and who's, let's go. <laughs> who's coming with me to this other meadow. <laughs> takes me a lot of energy to get up and roll. Once I'm up there, I'm like, let's do this. I don't don't like to just move for no reason. (laughs) That is hysterical. Um, So I'm sorry that that's still ongoing. Like that's just insane. It's hard for me because energetically I want to close up. Like I still have these small projects for my contractor and he's so busy. Same thing. So busy. And my stuff is so small, but I'm like energetically, I just really want to, you know, finish some of these projects because I'll just feel more at peace. Right. It's unsettling. and I just want to be done with it so I can just say that we're done with it. So I'd really like my bathrooms after over a year to be, or a year to yeah. be done. So yeah. In due time, Patient I suppose. endurance. Patient endurance. Yeah. Thank you, Bishop Basil, for passing on that um, wisdom, words of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I sent him a letter one time and I was like, I'm having this issue. And I like rambled paragraphs, a few paragraphs uh, in this email. I emailed him. And um, his response was two words, patient endurance. He's a good friend of our dad's, we should just say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is why I reached out to him in, in the first place. And he's bishop of our diocese. And, and I was like, hi, I'm having this thing. And, and I just would really could use, you know, words of wisdom or help. <laughs> and he wrote back patient endurance. And I was like, what? patient endurance (laughs) i was like the exact opposite of what he was saying i should be (laughs) and then i was like once i thought about it i was like yeah that's actually really good advice and it's something that i think about right patience like patient endurance like figure this out sit through it it all will be well yeah um but i did want to come back to uh you mentioned that we went to a funeral this week so my godfather passed away um Pretty suddenly, it had some health issues, but his death was not expected. And um, so we, Alexandra, our parents, um, and I, we were able to fly back east to New York mm-hmm. for the funeral and just spend a very quick 24 hours there. Well, yeah. the two of us did. Our yeah. parents stayed a little bit longer. Um, but it's more than 24 hours, though, because with the time change. You know, feel, yeah, maybe. 
I think we had like 30 hours with the time change in one <laughs> it was day. like, yeah, one day was 30 hours. The flights felt like they were taking forever because uh, it's, you know, three and a half to four hours, depending on your headwind or tailwind. Over Canada. We were rerouted. <laughs> we were outed. <laughs> we were rerouted through Canada. Mm-hmm. So we had to go all the way up north to come down um, into the city. Um to the airport but yeah so getting out there took a little bit longer and then we were delayed coming back and and that was just in the midst of you know it's back to school and planning and everything and buddy started starting the daycare and all that jazz but i i do have to say i'm very impressed with LaGuardia. yeah because they are doing some renovations and if well, you had not been there well, <laughs> terminal b it's <laughs> they have on the little shuttle from where you drop off your rental car and it tells you what stop is coming up. It's like, enjoy the beautiful Terminal B that's new and innovative. And we're doing this all while we saw these flights. And then it's like, and then if you have D or C, get off here. Yeah. Like literally, it's just Terminal A, crap. Terminal yeah. C, crap. D, also crap. B, beautiful and spacious and innovative and into the 21st century terminal for your traveling needs, which it's really pretty. Yeah. Um, but still, and I liked their security there. I'm not a big fan of D- like the more that we've had to travel recently. Yes. I'm just not a fan of DIA security. No, I feel like I hear that they're understaffed. It took Anna probably I don't 30 know 34 minutes. It, okay, it was. It felt like it was a long time. It and was I, before Sean died. He and I went to do like the TSA global, um, and I'm so grateful that we did that because it has been really nice. I'm grateful um, for you too because it was awful well and and you can share your security story but when we were coming back from LaGuardia I mean there's just this guy they have everything's a conveyor belt like a very nice conveyor belt so you put your stuff into bins there's a guy who puts them in order he slides them for you you go through I mean it's this whole big system and even to get into that area for TSA Global you just scan your boarding pass so no one you don't have to sit there and fiddle with it you show a guy your ID and you just go through it was very quick and efficient because often I feel like it's just kind of a cluster here and and because Denver is such a big hub and we're doing construction right now I don't know if part of that construction is changing the security at DIA I hope so but I hope so because this was very like it was a very nice and i have like the worst luck with tsa but it was a very nice experience and i was like oh i could do this at any airport because it was it was just very efficient i bet at terminal b it was <laughs> i know right <laughs> probably a not. d or c absolutely not <laughs> i think the only thing at a is the rental car shuttle service no, no i think it said um like something to fort lauderdale oh that, yeah. the spirit airlines to fort lauderdale out of a probably you're right because the rest of them are out of c and d I don't know. We did not fly spirit. But the the rest of getting around LaGuardia to get to, like you had to take a shuttle to go to this other terminal. And then there you had to pick up another shuttle to go get your rental car. And then where we picked up our rental car was like oh across the street from Rikers Island, y'all. I was <laughs> pointing. I was like, Al, dun, dun, I know, law and I'm order, Rikers. I'm mm-hmm. on a meeting for work and she's pointing. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to do this meeting for work. And an email I had tried to send to them from the plane didn't go through. So they had no idea that I'm like in New York. And I'm like, so sorry, you guys. Is it's like, oh, it was just like crazy. It was just so much going on. It was quite the yeah. adventure. Oh, so then we got our rental rental car 
And then we had to, we were just driving out to um, Long Island and we were only going to Sea Cliffs, well, Great Neck really. And so it wasn't very far from no. LaGuardia. It was, Seven miles. It, yeah. Well, Maybe nine, nine, nine miles. miles. But when we looked at the traffic, five minutes, <laughs> nine miles, an hour to go nine miles. And I was like, I was looking at the maps as minutes. <laughs> it was wrapping up the rental car thing with the lady. And oh. I was like, what? An hour to go nine miles? I'm like, Al, we can run faster. We ate snacks and trail mix for the whole day. Yeah, we had not eaten. So we were also very loopy because, uh, be- okay, because of security, we were so we were so delayed because I don't have the TSA nice, nice. And I was like, <laughs> Al, I might need you to drive me down to New Mexico so I could get the TSA mm, pre-check yeah. stuff done. Um, because it took simple. me 30 some odd minutes and because of that we couldn't get our the meals that we oh, were going to buy for the plane like sandwich. lunch breakfast none of that and so then we had to spend you know 40 dollars to get like little snack bags mm. on the plane yeah. so we had these like crackers and cheese dip things yeah. on the plane and then we get hey, off. salted caramel chocolate it was good it was, yeah, that was good <laughs> i had toblerone in mine and then um and then so when we get to LaGuardia, it takes you know this shuttle to get to this shuttle to get oh to gosh. the rental car which is by rikers and, and so that's crossing, all taking time you're crossing track the guy's like go ahead and cross these three lanes of traffic to get over to the the hub to get your shuttle and we're like what i don't even know and again i'm on this meeting trying to wheel my it was it was yes and it was humid oh my gosh oh my gosh okay so then my hair looked like i had a perm and i had just gotten a perm the first service was at seven and by now it's five o'clock and i'm like okay we have an hour to get to our hotel which is still half an hour away from the church and so we have half an hour to like shower and change and get ready i think from our hotel to the church but a half an hour to go yes yeah and so we we were just, I was a little stressed. Al, I think, did great. If she was stressed, she didn't show it, even though we had like crackers to eat all day. Um, but it was an yep. adventure. And then, right, humidity. Oh, my gosh. I'll get to more, that more in a minute. Well, if you're hormonal, I mean, it's off. I was just like, sorry, people. Like, my hormones are all over the place right now. So you're just going to have to deal with with the smell that comes off of me. But right. luckily, you know, with funerals, especially in the Orthodox Church, between the incense and the, the rose oil, I mean, hopefully no one gets too close no to smell really cares. You. And everyone smells that way. Oh, my gosh. So I had forgotten about um, New York or East Coast driving. And that is that the millisecond oh, the yes. light turns green, you the go. millisecond people are honking already. And, and right out here when people honk, I'm like, we do not do that Although here. Although I did notice it didn't seem as much here. People run reds all the time. And I did not see that as much, although no. you do have to be ready to go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I probably drove through more yellows because I didn't want to get caught on the reds because we were we in a time crunch. <laughs> yeah. Left hand turn, three cars, and the third car just decided to go around the other two and make a left hand turn. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy driving. And right, like I had to step back into my two de- decade younger self when right. I used to drive East Coast. So that was nutty. And then service beautiful. So well, many except for the fact people. That, so when Anna and I went to Austin, her phone went on the fritz trying to navigate. Oh, yes. And this time I was navigating. 
And I look up where this church is. I double check. I have the name of it. Oh, <laughs> totally took us to a middle school. Yeah, we were not where we needed to be. And we were already late. We were late. <laughs> we- now, we didn't miss any important parts, which is important. But yeah, um, but I was like, it, which, of course, made Anna's stress level a little higher because she's like, where are we? Because she's normally the navigator. And I was like, maybe next time I'll drive. And, and I also like to get to the movie theater for the previews, people. That is true. Like, I like to like I if I miss that. previews, I'm late. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm like, the service, if I, I was don't like, see all of the priests come in, that is okay. Right. And I and at, at that point, I was like, okay, we'll get there by 7.02. It'll be fine. Like, we're going to miss a litany and I'll be okay. Like, we'll find our people to stand with and it'll because be fine. Because God is really sitting there going, Anna, on this date in uh-huh. 2021, yeah. you did not show up to your... So then we got there and we couldn't even park near the church because oh, there were no. so many people. We had to park so we, at the beach. <laughs> we had to park like half a mile away at the beach. And I was like, oh, we could just go to the beach. We did contemplate hopping the fence, but I we was, did. yeah, I was afraid that um, I was going to tear our pants. Yeah. yeah we didn't want to do my that. pants on the fence and that would not be nice yeah. either. So we just decided to go around. So that was fun. We're like, all right. So we're already a little late and we're and then we're a little later and then we're a little later because we had to park a little bit away, but it's still a two hour service. So we didn't miss much. And he was there. <laughs> he wasn't going anywhere. And our Family and friends, loved ones, people we haven't seen in a while were there. Yeah. People who we've only seen on Facebook were there. Mm-hmm. And it was nice because sometimes, you know, with COVID or whatever, you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see these people again or under what circumstances. And so then when you see these people, you're like, oh, there you are. And I get to give you a hug. And that's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you know what's interesting is that one of the monthly themes for August is what will your legacy be like oh, it's like what will your legacy that's something i've been thinking about month? not necessarily my what legacy, will be your legacy more about like the purpose well like, an individual's purpose but, ex- yeah hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As I was writing the notes for this episode, mm. um, which I did very, very recently, post this funeral experience, I was like, huh, well, that's interesting because the man that we laid to rest um, and said goodbye to had quite the legacy has quite the legacy he had like people around the world know yes. this man yes um and people from around the world came to the funeral and yes. also streamed the service online and so he has left quite a mark on the world on orthodoxy on people's lives that he's touched mm-hmm. and so when i saw that it's what will be your legacy month i was like what will be my legacy do you ever think about that like what, what do you what kind of mark do you want to leave in this world I don't know if I think so much about the mark or legacy that I want to leave behind, but I do think about, and I told you this in regards to your godfather, that he was just someone who was very in his worth and he, um, fe- like he was able to really step into his purpose, whether he kind of actively knew that that was his purpose, but he, and so what I take away from that is how, how do, can you help other people step into their purpose? Like mm. when someone passes like this it's okay well he was able to and so yes he did have a legacy but to me it's more of a a lesson on how can you step and in my opinion i think an individual's purpose is just who they are and so i don't think it's 
necessarily what you do because a lot of people talked about what he did mm-hmm. and i say right. more of like who was he because mm-hmm. to me that's his purpose who was he and yes by being who he was i know this is getting like really woo and philosophical but i don't that's just so. kind of how how i view it so to me i i don't look so much as what am i going to leave behind or what am i going to do but mm-hmm. how can i be the best version of myself and who i'm intended to be um and how i was created to step into who i'm intended to be and what is how can I like really fulfill my purpose of being the best version of myself is how I look at it. I love that. So So I'm also in in line with that thinking about um, a conversation we had really recently with um, some ladies who are around the same ages as us. And, you know, we're into our early, almost and mid forties. And so, um, like some of us are, are going like, Oh my gosh, like I'm halfway to 90 or, Oh my gosh, I'm almost 50. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, as you're approaching another birthday, you reflect on your life and you're like, what have I accomplished? Yes. Um, what have I done with my life and have I done right by other people? Um, would, would, people that are important to me be proud of the things that I've accomplished? Would they be proud of the person that I am? Um, and, and you know, you, I think sometimes people get a little nervous about the sand, right? Going through the hourglass, like, oh my gosh, time is running out and what oh. am I going to do? And can I still can I still leave a legacy if, if I haven't, if I'm not quite there or I don't think I'm quite there? I, I don't know. I think it's just interesting to think about. Well, and, and I personally get annoyed when they say like you're where you're supposed to be but actually but at the same time as i get annoyed by that i i do believe that's true i say that all the time <laughs> and so what what was really interesting is that um i it was listening to a, a podcast and and they were like answering questions and stuff and it's part of like the meditation practice i do and someone was writing in about how very similarly, like I'm, I think that person was like 36 or something. Like I'm not where I thought I was going to be and I'm spending all this time or maybe she was 63, which I, I sometimes <laughs> get numbers. It's inverted. <laughs> I, I mix up numbers all the time. But anyway, um, but her whole thing was like, uh, you know, I'm not where I thought I was going to be and, and spending all this time about contemplating where she felt that she should have been and then getting stuck on the fact that she's not where she thought she right. should be. And I loved the answer because the answer from one of the coaches was basically, you're spending so much time on this, like contemplating this, that mm-hmm. that you're creating this idea that you don't have time to accomplish. But if you're spending all this time and energy on, on stressing about where you think you should be or where society, all those shoulds of where society mm-hmm. or where you see other people, everyone thinks that everyone has a moment of like, wait, am I even where I thought I would be? No, no one is. But the point is, if you take that time and start really like instead of reflecting on where you thought you should be, but more reflecting on where you are. And and yeah, exactly that. Like, am I being the best version of myself or what do I need to do to get to being the best version of myself? Then you'll feel much better about where you are. And so I that I thought was poignant. I find that very poignant. And, you know, as someone who doesn't have kids, it's something I I think about a lot because when you are a parent, you're like, oh, well, I have my kid who will then live on and do whatever. And, you know, will I will live on through my kids. And then you said, you know, Mm -hmm. there seems to be a, a purpose there when you have kids. And so I don't know what it's like for other people who don't have kids, but I sit and think like, hmm, I mean, 
not only who's going to take care of me when I'm old, Ricky will. (laughs) I'm going to move in with Ricky, I guess, or my nieces and nephew. But yeah, like instead of, you know, grieving over the fact that I I don't have my own children, can I be the best aunt? Am I being the best aunt that I can be to my nieces and nephew? Is there another way that I can build legacy without it being through children? So I'm just curious, like, what it's like for other people who don't have kids. So I have two things for that. One, I would say, I think when people attach to their kids now representing their purpose and their legacy, I personally am trying not to do that because it puts way too much pressure Mm. on that child. But also, like, then you're projecting your stuff onto them. It's like Mm -hmm. the parent who, like, relives their childhood through their kids' sports, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're driving Mm -hmm. that through that Versus just letting their child kind of navigate and grow into their own personality and who they're meant to be. And then the parent also like this is something I'm trying to do. And again, I'm not saying this like, oh, I have all the answers because God knows I do not. And every day I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. But I will say and also not but Mm -hmm. but, and also I will say that I need to simultaneously find my purpose mm-hmm. and be like kind of next to buddy as he's navigating his versus having him be part of my purpose. Like, yes, I need to raise him and I need to guide him. But if, if I take these next 16, 18 years and whatever he does is what's fulfilling me, then I feel like that's where I'm not lit. Like, I'm not living up to my potential. I'm living up to his potential, if that makes sense. The other thing I would say is I have friends who don't have kids. And their big thing as far as their, like, I don't know if it's necessarily their legacy, but they just are, they're taking a different track in their life. Like, whether it's travel or being able to have other life experiences Mm -hmm. that they can then impart to their family. So, you know, if it's taking the nieces on a trip or taking the nephew, and I'm not, I'm just using a trip as an example, sure. but there are other ways and it doesn't have to be tied necessarily to the children, but, um, being able to, to not be, I know this is going to sound weird, but not be tied down to having to raise this kid, but having that freedom to kind of just experience whatever this life has. Cause sometimes when you have a kid, you can't experience as much, um, that you may want to be, because your responsibility shifts. Hmm. Anyway. I like what you had to say there. Thanks. Can I ask you a question? Um, sure. Um, the podcast that you referred to listening, was that the expanded podcast? Yeah. Okay. So I, so for those of you, um, I listened to, to be magnetic and it talks about, um, it's really about increasing your individual and intrinsic self-worth. And it's a meditation practice. That there I are 150 some odd episodes yeah. that I am slowly but surely sifting my way through because they are phenomenal. But I got turned on to it because at book club a few weeks ago, Alexandra shared a, a link to one of the episodes with our book club attendees yeah and it had to do with body image yeah do you want to talk about that a little bit i because then yeah it's a beautiful segue (laughs) you did a really good job on that thank you um i let's do let's get into this i loved it it took it took me a few days i think before i had time or made time i should say to listen to the podcast it was about an hour long um but i would listen to it in the car from here to there and i just thought it was 
phenomenal um what these ladies had to say yeah about and i body don't remember image. the name of the book so plug the book because i don't remember that oh it is more than a body yes mm-hmm. and it's about um is it body image resilience is that what it- yes yes Oh, you want me to? T- yeah. So, <laughs> so these- I mean, I will talk about body image, but you. <laughs> One of the reasons I liked it is because the person, the um, interviewer mm-hmm. um, of the person who has the podcast brought, brought on as guests, um, Lexi and Lindsay Kite, and they are sisters, twins, actually. So twin sisters um, at the time of the book and podcast, I think they were in their 30s. Yeah, mid 30s. Um, but they went to undergrad together, wanting their own different experiences, but came together in their studies and just thoughts and experiences they were having through their classes. They came together and were like, hmm, we think we could do something with this. Then they got their master's together. Then they got their PhDs together. And they wrote this book. I think copyright is 2020. So it's fairly it new. new. Yeah, it is new. I just ordered my copy through Amazon and um, I got it just a few days ago. So I haven't, yeah. I did crack it open, but I haven't had a chance to really dive in. I read like three paragraphs in the, in the forward, um, but it's called More Than a Body. And these sisters were researching how people, women specifically, view themselves and then also not play into but fall into this objectification Mm -hmm. um that we have just experienced through society for centuries yes millennia maybe if you will and so there there's all this messaging that has just been passed down like even in the womb like messaging that has been passed down about how we you know should view our bodies and one of their taglines is um you know well their frame is um that we as as women need to look at our bodies as instruments yes rather than ornaments yes so we've gotten so into this thinking that um our bodies are were created for other people to look at for other people to google and judge yeah um we dress for other people we put makeup for other people we diet for other people we exercise for other people and i fall to the same thing when i listened to the podcast i was like oh my god she's describing me like when you go out and you think and we just do this unintentionally like subconsciously i think um that we're like what what do all these other people think about what I'm wearing today or how I'm walking today or how I'm talking today or how I'm interacting with them today. And then in some weird way, we're thinking that, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's pride, but then we're thinking like everyone in the grocery store really gives a care about what we look like, but we have come to know because of things that have happened or things that are said to us or the cat calling or I mentioned in one of the other episodes, um, someone like touching my bum in the Home Depot, like uh, that, you know, people were open season yeah that that i'm here for you and for your gratification and for your objectification and this book is empowering because it kind of takes that back and says like how about we start breaking that down and viewing our bodies as instruments like my body i haven't bore children but my body has walked i don't know how many miles it's Mm -hmm. taken me to different countries around the world it's taken me through various jobs this brain like my feet everything that we tend to dismiss or take for granted, how about we take the power back and just uh, appreciate, acknowledge, appreciate. And I also mentioned that in another um, episode that we did about um, a yoga 
um, meditation that mm-hmm. we did about um, appreciating and acknowledging the different body parts. Um, but I think it would be fabulous and I need to do this, so I'm speaking to myself first and foremost, is to incorporate more of a practice where I spend more time acknowledging my body as an instrument and appreciating it for what it has done for me and what it will continue to do for me. Yeah, well said. (laughs) Thank you. Well, yeah, I think we get messages. I need a sip of wine after that one. (laughs) We are, you know, in, in my personal experience, like some of the messaging I've gotten is my body needs to look a certain way for me to be loved. Right. My body needs to look a certain way for me to get a job for me to be promoted for me. Um, and it's usually, I can't tell you. Okay. So in college, I forgot about this until we started talking in college, there was a, a frat party and you didn't have to pay to get in. Um, if the guys at the door considered you pretty mm-hmm. and if they did not consider you pretty, you had to pay mm-hmm. and I refused to go. And my, it wasn't because I was so in my worth. It was because I was afraid they were going to make me pay. And, mm. and I was like, Nope, I don't want to go. Cause I don't want to be humiliated. Right. You don't want to, that's so dumb. Um, it makes me angry. I'm well, clenching I mean, my and, fist right and now. And I'll be honest, like I've, I body image issues is a huge, huge thing for me that mm-hmm. I, um, I'm still working through and dealing with, but I can say back when I was in college, it was, I can't tell you how many times guys were very inappropriate with me and then blamed me for it. So if right. I stood up for myself, I was a bitch. You can bleep that out if you need to, but, um, I can't tell you how many it's times an adjective. I was called being bitchy because mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wasn't acting the way guys wanted me to. I had even like a guy who claimed he was a friend. I was going to hang out with other friends, a different group of friends, and he didn't like that. So he grabbed my wrist he actually ended up bruising my wrist but like grabbed my wrist and tried to physically prevent me from getting to the elevator and I was like what are you doing and he thought it was appropriate because he wanted me to do something that I said no and this wasn't even sexual Mm -hmm. like this was not even sexual um but it just I mean that's a constant messaging that we get is if we do not fit and we're not born with a model body type like no. some people are born with high metabolism some women aren't and genetics people right and I mean health like I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of finding that balance and having a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. um, but it's very hard to I think sometimes to navigate that or to be in your worth and then have still this whole system around men or even women like depending on who you love to to not feel like that's the first thing right the first thing that you come through well and i think it's like it's really telling that um you know sometimes i get down on myself because i'm like i am fluffier than i want to be and we make jokes of it right we say um recently over the summer like um if i'm an organ donor then then the fluffier i am i'm just insulating my organs better right i'm just protecting my organs the fluffier i am and right we joke it away and at the same time you know then there are some real insecurities like am i still single because i'm fluffy or whatever so it's tied into self-worth but at the same time and i to these ladies points my body got me up the incline this year my body has gotten me up 14ers my you know am i still and and to your point about health am I still able to do the things that I want to do so um no I'm trying you know in that way I'm trying not to live the full tourist lifestyle of just sitting and eating (laughs) chips and dips although I crave those sometimes and I could you know eat a little bit of Toblerone but not the whole bar and so 
I very well could fall prey into those things and I and I don't because I do want to be healthy. I do want to be able to make yeah. it up the incline or go on 14ers or go places with the nieces and nephew and my family members or friends and and do the fun things and not not be not not be able to do them because I can't. Right? right. I think about that with roller coasters. Like, can yeah. I still fit the seatbelt around me? I mean, yes, I can. And right, but I'm like, sure. I still want to be able to to do those things um and not have weight be a hindrance. Right. For sure. And also I don't want to tie my self worth up into my weight. Which so yeah. often happens and I fall prey into that all the time. Yeah. And it, um, there's another book out there called Nothing Personal. This is one I do want to order. And it's by Nancy Jo Sales. And she basically looks at and has done research in dating apps mm. and how dating apps. Um, and that's how I met Sean. Like he and I met on a dating app. And so the whole premise is like, yeah, there are going to be people who can have very fruitful relationships and can find their match um, in these apps, but they're also increased, like there's been an increase in sexual assaults. There's been an increase in rapes. There's been, um, I think the app system and how quickly, um, uh, what basically what they're finding is it's a way for people to prey on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's sexual objectification, manner. right? Like you're yeah. only basing things on looks right away because who really reads all the words? Well, that, yeah. Well, and to be fair, I did tell a friend once. I was like, when you go to a bar, which no one does right now with COVID. I mean, maybe some people do. But back in the day when you'd go to a bar, you you would still, your first instinct yes. would be to look at people before you would decide yeah. if you wanted to talk to Am them. Am I physically attracted to uh, that person? I think what also ends up happening, though, with, with dating apps sometimes is that there there has been, I guess, a my understanding is there's a decrease in people who are really looking for an actual relationship, some companionship and are just, it's the convenience thing. Mm -hmm. I want someone like, I want to live my life. I want to live my single lifestyle. I want to, I don't want to be, um, Oh, see, there's that word again. Right. I don't, I don't want to have another person that I have to like check in with about what to do, but committed tied down to, well, no, yeah it's it's all right we'll just keep going but if i want sex then i want someone there to that Mm -hmm. i can have sex with if i want to cuddle with someone i want them to be there but the minute i don't want that they Mm -hmm. need to go away right and so uh, i think that's been apparently although i also have heard that with covid people are looking more for relationships but it's just interesting with these apps and what comes out because also with technology and this is something i think that's really hard to combat right now is that there are things now coming out with face tuning. Have you heard about face tuning? No. Insta dysmorphia, Snapchat dysmorphia, um, selfie dysmorphia. So basically all of this. um, So face tuning is basically taking an app. So there are apps where you can take yourself and it puts makeup on you and it does all all these different um, filters. And people will take that into a plastic surgeon and say, that's how I want you to make my face. Oh, boy. Um, and the problem is that what some plastic surgeons are saying is that you would have to fully, like, reconstruct someone's facial bones. It's not just like, here, let me cut and, and give you a facelift. It's like actually having to break bones, reset them, and completely redo someone's face in order to fit this filter and so there are young girls also who are having to uh who are wanting who are not liking we're not Mm -hmm. teaching kids to love themselves as they are they think they're an ornament yeah 
And so to change that. Well, that hurts my tummy so bad. Right. And so I, this might be one of my next pedestals to get on and, and preach about instrument, not an ornament. But stay tuned because I, I actually want to read the book. We've mm-hmm. talked about doing that in book club. Yeah. So stay tuned. I want to read this other book that you just mentioned because I have forever been preaching like, I don't want to get on the dating apps. Blah. Well, I think there's some good things. You and know. lots of people, no, and I need to preface that. Lots of people I know have found their penguins and their matches and are married and have yeah. great relationships through that. It's just been really hard for me personally. I think when I, when I met Sean, the thing that I found about the apps was that it was um, like almost like a, a portal maybe to meet someone. Like I, I wasn't doing it for any reason as I like got this ping to try this thing and I know that's like again getting into I know it rhymed I'm a rhyming rhyming woman um but it's uh it was more of of a of an avenue to meet someone right versus going through the factory like I think some people like the factory and they like the the non-committal part of it whereas when I was doing it I was like this is an avenue that I can use to meet someone yeah and so I think it just depends on your the only last thing I'll say because I know we have to like wind it down with this but um the other thing that I think is really archaic that these two these twins talk about is the whole system of BMI so Buddy mm, yes. just had his two-year yeah. appointment, and his pediatrician was like, okay, so now we start tracking his BMI. He's two. And I'm like, "What? why? And first of all, you're looking at numbers. Like, you're not actually, you know, I don't know if y'all remember this. I hated this in elementary school, right? Because I was like the chunky kid already, issues with body image. But, you know, they come up with that thing, and they squeeze they your squeeze fat. you. And then I hate like, it. here, you are way over the limit, you know, and and... I just I'm like to what purpose is this like technically and y'all can't see me right now but technically um, my particular figure at this moment is considered to be overweight which when I say that to most people they're like you don't look overweight and I'm like I know but if you look at the numbers which is horrible because they're not actually looking at muscle I would be considered overweight because of that number on the scale. Yes. Which is really frustrating. And again, it just feeds into all that stuff. So I have no idea. I don't know. I throw my arms up. I don't know how to handle this. What do you do? I was talking about that, I think, this summer about that system and how antiquated it is. And I'm like, now, don't sue me. Don't quote me on this. Um, I will deny even though it's recorded but i feel like right that was a system created by some old white guys somewhere and let's just throw these numbers together and it it, anymore when you go into the doctor it's just shaming and that's awful like who wants to be shamed when they go to their doctor like i want to know if am i healthy right like how's my cholesterol right how's my oxygen my blood are my lipids okay like those are the kinds of things i want to know are okay are my are my organs functioning as the way they should be not like do you think i'm fat right so please stop in- including that in your <laughs> in your yearly exams. Like it's just stupid and shaming. I, it goes to my I call this my pimple principle. Um, I don't think I've shared this on the pop on the podcast. Um, but my pencil pencil <laughs> my pencil my pimple principle is this: if I have a pimple on my face, I already know it's there. I know it's there. I don't need you to point it out. Don't point it out. I don't need you to tell me what I need to no. do. You can ask me. Hey, how is that going for you? How is that pimple? But if it's looking but like... But don't. Like, why would you even do that? Yeah. So if I go necessary. to the doctor and you want to tell me that I'm overweight, don't tell me I'm overweight. Say, how is that going for you? Or how else can I support you? Yeah. If yeah. I bring it up. Yeah. yeah. 
I already know that I'm insulating my organs. Okay. <laughs> I don't need you to point it out. Good Lord. On that note, Alexandra brought um, to my attention a very funny joke that I'm going to share with you for the STW joke of the day. Woo! Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Sean T. This one's for you. I think was I in a meeting and she said this to me and I um, tried not to get in trouble laughing out loud. All right. Um, so this is the joke of the day for STW. What happened to the illegally parked frog? I don't know. What happened? Any guesses? He got towed. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Uh y'all. He got towed. All right. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Affirmator? Yeah. Don't take it personally. If someone starts to speak unkindly to me, I'll remember that they've got something going on that has nothing to do with me. Like maybe they just pooped their pants or clogged the toilet. (laughs) Yes, that's probably it. Oh, my God. How funny. I know. I love how these things come up. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Give us a five-star review. Love you guys. Thanks for spending another week with us. Um, Hope you have a great week coming up. And we will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.